Turning your Bibles to Acts chapter 13, beginning at verse 44 to 49. Today was a day that was uh, the dinner that was, uh, we were having was between Mother's Day and Father's Day. And uh, when I was thinking of the sermon or thinking of putting this together, uh, I thought of it in that context. And the title of the message is Ordinary Heroes. And ordinary heroes, and those two words don't go together. Because often we think of heroes as not being ordinary. We think of them as being extraordinary. And that they, are, they have accomplished feats or things that would be above the ordinary, and that's what makes them a hero. But whenever we think of ourselves, and well, let's read Acts chapter 13, and especially verse 47 is what I want to focus on. Acts chapter 13, beginning at 44. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. And when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and talked abusively against what Paul was saying. Then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly, We had to speak the word of God to you first. Since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life, we now turn to the Gentiles. For this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and honored the word of the Lord, and all who were appointed for eternal life believed. And then verse 49, the word of the Lord spread through the whole region. So, as we put this together, the, the idea of ordinary, uh, the definitions are to be expected in a normal order of things, uh, a common quality, a rank, ability. So something that is regular, something that is customary, something that is often in, it, in its occurrence. And of course, heroes, well, it's a mythological or legendary figure, but I, I chose to overlook that part of the definition. But it is a man or a woman admired for his achievements and noble qualities. One that shows great courage. So whenever we think of ordinary, to be expected in the normal order of things, and heroes, one that has great courage, we don't think of great courage in ordinary situations. But sometimes as we think about Facing the children for another day, <laughs> parents, <clears throat> uh, they're downstairs now, uh, whenever we think of raising our families and think of the responsibilities that come with our children and come with the, what has been assigned to us or has been given to us in our life, it takes great courage. It takes courage to face the ordinary things that go on in our society and in our lives today. So to us, as we look at the, those in the Bible, we think of them as heroes, exceptional individuals. They, we would not consider them to be ordinary. Perhaps in any way would we think of them as being ordinary. But if you would speak to any one of them, if they would come here and talk with you, sit with you at dinner today, and as you're carrying on a conversation with them, you would find that they would give you the impression of just ordinary individuals, but ordinary individuals with a godly character. 
And the character of meekness and the character of the strength of God that is able to guide them in their lives. Paul said to the Corinthians, I write in the meekness, the gentleness from the firm spirit of Christ. And I wanted to read this one, (coughs) excuse me, also. In Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, says, But what happens when you live God's way? He brings gifts into your lives, much the same way the fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. Ordinary heroes. Ordinary heroes. Heroes are also those individuals who step forward when other people step back. Heroes demonstrate a quality of life that takes them to new levels. Usually, it takes them when circumstances are unfavorable. So we find ourselves having an exuberance about life, having an exuberance about life, and serene while we are doing it. What is it saying? Saying that we have courage. That we have a sense of purpose that, that God has placed in, in our lives, that we have a sense of purpose, a sense that this too is part of God's will. This too is part of God's desire for my life. And we find that there is a willingness to stick with things, not give up. Compassion, basic holiness permeates things. Basic holiness permeates things. It's like there is a holy attitude about what I am doing and what I am expecting. And so as we are looking at ordinary heroes, we are looking at it from a perspective of what God is about and what God is doing in our lives. The early disciples, they preached boldly in the face of difficulties. They stayed the course whenever people were um, going to persecute them or beat them or throw them in prison. They knew their tasks, and they performed it within the face of danger, in the face of persecution. They knew what they were called to do, and they knew that they were, God would see them through these things. And as we read the stories of their lives, I view them as heroes. I, re, I view them as heroes and what they have done. You know, the song that we sang, that God looked beyond our faults and saw our needs, it's, that just rings in my ears from whenever I, in my heart, from whenever we were in Maine, when uh, Rachel was born. <laughs> And we were at the um, campground, Mars Hill Campground. And they talk about sawdust floors and wooden benches and, and uh, you know, the old tabernacles. I don't know if you've ever heard of them or not, but they would have camp meeting. And uh, that's where this, she was Indian, wasn't she? She sang this song. Yeah, she was a Navajo Indian, and uh, she sang this song. Uh, I've, you know, it's just, you know, just hearing it stirs that memory of, of, of just being at that campground and being there and hearing her sing. 
and hearing in not only what it wasn't that she was such as that her voice was something it was her spirit that was so special I mean, she was, and it was just something about her, you know, of all, uh, uh, there was just something about her spirit that when she sang, that this song just took her on a whole new dimension because of where she came from, uh, because of where her life had taken her and how that God had brought her from so many different things in her life. And that testimony of God's grace and mercy and the power of that singing the, the words that she sang. Were, and this is where the courage, this is where the courage comes in our own lives, where the Spirit of God speaks to our hearts. And it speaks to us more than just the words. It speaks to us of, 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 of an acceptance and of an understanding that God is there with us and God is there for us. For this is what the Lord has commanded us in, in Acts chapter 13, verse 47. For this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light. I have made you a light that you may bring salvation. And if there was something impressive about this individual, it was that God was a light in her life. And that as we think of ourselves in, you know, as ordinary heroes, God has made us a light. In some ways, whenever we think of these things, that God has made us a light to bring salvation to the world. Well, that's not us. That's some Superman person, you know? Some person who is far beyond our capabilities. You know, go faster than a speeding bullet. How many remember Superman? Not Superman the movie. Superman the series on TV. How many ever seen those old reruns? Some of you stay up at night, huh? <laughs> and you know, the, you hear the locomotive. <laughs> you know it's old whenever you see that locomotive. Faster than a speeding bullet and stronger than... What's the locomotive? Huh? More powerful than a speeding locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. You know... Shoot bullets at them and they bounce off like, like nothing, you know? Something like nothing, you know? So we think of that's a hero. There's my hero. You know, somebody who can do all that stuff and, and, and you know, survive and, you know, jump buildings and stop trains and that's a hero. Well, God has made you light. What does light look like? Do you know what the definition of light is? I had to look this one up. It's an electromagnetic radiation of any wavelength that travels in a vacuum with a speed of 186,281 miles per second. Okay, now we know what light is. <laughs> That's what light is defined as. Light is defined as electromagnetic, ra electromagnetic radiation of any wavelength that travels in a vacuum with a speed of about 186,281 miles per second. So that's when we speak, so that's why whenever we speak of light, we often speak of objects. So when I say to you, you are light, what do you think of? Candle, light fixture. You think of... Um, the sun, 
uh, fire. We think of what produces light, but we often don't think of what light is. And the Bible says that God says that he has made us light to the Gentiles. That he has given us the ability to be light. The object that brings light to the situation. Light that makes vision possible. Without light, we're in the dark half the time. <laughs> it's nighttime half the time. Okay. <laughs> I've made you light to live in a vacuum and run fast. <laughs> Is that what God has made us? We have made, God has made you light. So that means we live someplace that's sheltered and go fast all the time. No. <laughs> the qualities of light are the qualities that enable others to see. Okay? The quality of light are the qualities that enable others to see. So when... When God has made us a light to the Gentiles, or God has made us a light, we'll just leave it at that for a moment. When God has made us light, he gives us the ability to see, to understand. You know, as parents, we want to be um, able to provide light for our children. What's that? Helping them to be able to see. See what? See the problems, the tasks, facing the obstacles, facing the difficulties, you know, we're you know, trying to teach and train, train up a child in the way they should go. When he's old, he'll not depart from it. The scripture is saying, train up a child in the things of the scripture. Why? Because it is giving them light in their life to be able to see them in the dark times, see them through the dark times of their lives. So we give this light and we are this light and we prepare them for the light. Why? So they can take it into themselves. Did you know that... Some very wise person said this last week, I think, <clears throat> that if you have a candle and you give light to another candle, it doesn't take away from your light. She told us how wise she was this morning in Sunday school. <laughs> you had to be here for that, you know. You, you know, if you don't come to Sunday school, you're missing a lot. It's very entertaining. <clears throat> no, it's very informative. We have a good time. Hopefully you have a good time. I have a good time. But anyhow, so the idea is that whenever you're giving your light, it doesn't diminish. Whenever we use what God has given us and we tap the reservoirs of God, they do not diminish. So ordinary heroes is the idea we are tapping into a limitless source that does not diminish with use. In our society, we're used to, well, not so much around here, blackouts and so on, you know, in California and the major cities where they turn on, you know, the air conditionings in the summer when it's hot. I know we don't know that phenomenon very well about being hot, but um, the air conditioning just will open the windows and freeze at night. Um, in Maine, <laughs> we never slept with the windows open. It was always cool. <laughs> and it got so cold and cool at night where we lived in northern Maine, that you didn't want to leave the windows open because you would need the blankets and the heat on by morning. It was just a cold area. Uh, we used to say up there, we lived in 
there were two seasons. There was winter and there was July. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it was that way. I mean, the during, in January, the January, February, we had six weeks. It never got above zero. And when I had hair once, um, <laughs> I remember, you know, getting a shower and, you know, going out. And by the time I went from the house to the car, it touched my head. It was frozen. <laughs> it was that cold. Um, so, yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> that's what happened to my hair. I sacrificed it for the mission field in northern Maine. So we have made, God has made us a light. And the qualities of light are the qualities that enable others to see. So we talk of it in a spiritual sense of spiritual illumination. We talk about it as enlightenment. We saw the matter in a different light. That we're able to look at life from a different perspective. And the light that we, you know, and the light that we shine, Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the light. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the light, or the life. And he brought his life and light to, to, to us, to his world. So God says, he made you and I light. Today I can. Got this from a book, so I didn't, didn't think I made it all up. Today I can complain about my health or I can celebrate being alive. Today I can moan that it is raining or be joyful that all that grows from the rain. Today I can regret all that I don't have or rejoice in everything I do. Today I can mourn everything I have lost or eagerly anticipate what is to come. Today I can complain that I have to work or celebrate having a job. Today I can rest, excuse me, today I can resent the mess the kids made or give thanks that I have a family. Today I can whine about the housework or celebrate having a house. Today I can cry over the people who don't care for me or be happy, loving, and being loved by those who do. What does light have to do with that? Light has to do with our attitude and perspective of what is ours. We can always find things that we don't have. Ordinary heroes are ordinary people who look at things in a different light. I choose to be a light. Are you raising small children? How important it is for them to live in the light of godly parents. You know? Saw pictures of my mom. She's now 96. You know, my family, I was blessed with godly parents. I had to go to church three times a week. Yes, I did. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. We traveled about 12, 15 miles to church, and we always had chores to get done. We still had to milk the cows, come home from school, get all the chores done, get in the house, get cleaned up, because we didn't go from the barn to church. I would have been resented. <laughs> You'd, some of you don't know what I mean, do you? Barns are where cattle live, and they have a distinct aroma. 
distinct, stink is the optimum word there, and you didn't want to go from the barn anywhere where in public, because people were able to pick up on that smell that you had grown accustomed to. You still don't get it, do you? They get it, I know. I had one friend who went to the bank after he had been in the field spreading manure. And it was a uh, very windy day. And uh, he had gone directly from the field to the bank. And he thought, my, what a good group of people these are. Everybody in line, there was this long line, and he was resenting the fact that he's going to have to stand in line. And he was thanking God because everybody in front of him kept moving. And he was just thinking how privileged he was and how blessed he was. And now he got up to the line and wow, he did his banking and left and all these people had left him in front of them. And he got outside and took his hat off and there was some deposits from the manure spreader on top of his head that he didn't realize that he had. And he began to check and find out there were other parts of his body that had deposits of manure that, and he thought, but he didn't smell anything. So there was a reason why we got cleaned up to go to church from the barn. And we did that every, every morning and every night that we went. Godly parents, what does it take to be their hero? What does it take for children to, be, to see you as their hero? Ordinary people doing heroic things. What is our society? We know the faults and dysfunctions of our of our of our society, of lying and stealing and anger and hatred and cheating and families and problems and all the things. But you know how bright the light of love is that shines through ordinary people doing ordinary things? Do you know how light, much light that shines in a dark world? Spend some time in the school system and see children who come from families where there is no light. You see how important ordinary heroes become that God has made you a light. Are you providing for a family? Perhaps you're a student. Do you know how different your light is than those who have no light in their homes and their lives? You see... He is the way. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth and the life. But the life and the light, he has come to be. Ordinary heroes or ordinary lights that shine when it is darkest. You know, and and it doesn't take much light whenever there's a lot of darkness. It doesn't take much light to really shine. You know, there was one individual, I never forget. (laughs) And, and And I'm not poking fun that he was, well, anyhow, we were talking about how that the stars still shine during the daylight. It's just that the sun is brighter and you can't see them. And he said, wow. Now, if some of you are impressed with this, I'm sorry. But the, the light, the stars are still shining. Even though you can't see them, If they're still there. (laughs) Okay, we'll move on too. All right. (laughs) 
You see, you bring salvation to the ends of the earth, and salvation is a saving grace, a saving grace, a saving knowledge. There's something redeeming about the light that Jesus Christ brings into our lives. And wherever you are, God is there with you. Now, you thought wherever you are, that's where you are. You thought that was a brilliant statement. But remember this, wherever you are, God is there with you, and do what God has given you to do. Well, I don't know what God has given me to do. You know, I read this in one of my classes, that sometimes we have to look at the will of God as a glove. You are the glove, and God's Spirit is in you. And you find yourself doing the ordinary things of life. Whatever you find to do, do it with all of your might. The will of God is not something that is hidden from you. The will of God is about God moving the glove. So what does your hand find to do? Put the glove on. Does it change? Is it really that profound? Or is it just that very simple part of turning the light on? (laughs) Trying to find a light switch here. But you get the point. Put the light on and allow the light to shine in the world that you live in. Allow the light to shine in the places you go. Allow that light to be there. And what do you have to do different? When the light is on... Somebody's home. <laughs> and there again, I'm not going to go there because some of you experienced that phenomena. Experience should be a guidepost, not a hitching post. I said that this morning in Sunday school. Experience should be a guidepost, not a hitching post. You don't hitch your life to an experience. Like this is where we're going to stay. No, it's just simply a place along the way that we are going to move on from this experience to the next. God is not not about taking us to a place and leaving us there. 30 years. God has abandoned us. That's why we're still here. God has abandoned us. Oh, what a terrible, terrible place. No. What a glorious place that God has brought us and able to give us experiences in these 30 years that have taught us many different lessons. And do you know why some, and, and this is not a criticism, there are some denominations in some pla- that move their pastors every three to five years, three to seven years. And it's very common for that to happen. And, and, it's, and it's not a derogatory thing. It's just that sometimes people and pastors become stagnant. Because they, they have an experience and they go in and they relate that experience and when that experience is done, they're done. But for, for Rhonda and I, for our children and for our life, we have gone through so many different experiences with the, you know, that we've been able to do in the community that's kept us, our experiences changing. And kept us in a way of being able to grow and to develop and that it's, it's different We're not the same. We're not stuck in the same rut. You know, 
I won't go there either. But anyhow, it's been fun. <laughs> it's been fun. It's been enjoyable. And God has blessed us. And God has, I think, blessed you and blessed the community through what we do. And Rhonda with her teaching. And my with the grief that I create in people's lives. <laughs> and what do we do? Our life is in the bringing. You will bring salvation. It's not in the hitching post. It's in the bringing. Bringing yourself, bringing your light, bringing God's salvation. You're an ordinary hero. God empowers us much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life. For our life, we develop a conviction based on the holiness that permeates the things of God. That God is about the ordinary, doing it in an extraordinary way. Do any of you understand about fruit trees and how fruit grows? We just know that it comes. We don't know the whole process of, of the germination and of the trees and the species of the tree and the whatever. I don't, call, I don't think they're called species. What are fruit trees called? Trees are called... Species are animals. Are trees called species? Don't know. To those of you who are listening, please send that to the email address. No. <laughs> Ordinary heroes develop a service attitude. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Serve service. Everything flows from serving. He that is greatest among you, let him be the servant of all. Ordinary heroes love what they do. Because when you love what you do, there's a different attitude about it and it touches people's lives in a different way. Ordinary heroes focus on priorities. Not on the critical few things. Excuse me. We focus on the critical few things, not on the insignificant many things. Ordinary heroes understand the soft stuff, the positive influences. Ordinary heroes embrace humor and optimism. Ordinary heroes are committed to excellence. Excellence is not an accident. It's something that we act upon. Ordinary heroes know that you will always miss 100% of the shots that you never take. Ordinary heroes have values. Things that matter most must never be at the mercy of things that matter the least. Ordinary heroes earn trust. Ordinary heroes take actions. You cannot discover new oceans while you still have your foot on the shore. Ordinary heroes aim for the heart because people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. 
Jesus has made you a light for the purpose of bringing salvation, change to the world.